Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Mike Sluhan, 46 Beans. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. Pax, super excited to be back on the airways with you this week and really excited about our guest today. Um, the guest, as you probably saw in the show notes, is uh, one of the newer members of the nation's SLT, and I'll let him kind of go into some of what that role is. But uh, he's also a, a, a PAX member out of that booming St. Louis region, which is really accelerating and um, which is fun for me to have on the show, because as you may have heard in a previous episode, I'm recently from St. Louis, born in St. Louis, uh, moved to the Charlotte region when I was a baby, but went back and did my chiropractic uh, education out there. So it's always fun to talk to uh, St. Louisans, or I don't even know if that's what they call themselves anymore. But uh, anyway, it's always fun to talk to them, uh, hash old stories, get landmarks uh, and, and, and compare notes. But uh, in any case, uh, I want to welcome to the show none other than my friend and the nation's friends, uh, Mike Sluhan, otherwise known as Beans in the Gloom. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks, Bones. Appreciate it, man. Big fan of the show and uh, happy to be here with you today. And just for reference, we call ourselves Cardinal fans and Blues fans. That's what we call ourselves. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, uh, I completely resonate with that because I, my wife and I always said it because that's where we met. We met, we're both out in St. Louis and, and lived there 
together for a few years that how wonderful the sports culture of St. Louis is. I mean, you guys love your sports teams. And when I lived there, you also had the Rams at the time, uh, the St. Oh, yeah. Louis Rams. And of course the Cardinals is such a, a, a staple. And then you, then you have the blues as well. So are you a blues and Cardinals fan or one or the other? How's that work? I'm probably more of a Cardinals fan. I enjoy watching the blues, but uh, definitely grew up listening, watching everything about the Cardinals. Yeah. I remember. So my, my parents, uh, when they first got married, lived in St. Louis as well. And so, as I mentioned, uh, I was born in St. Louis. So growing up, we still had some relatives across the river there in Illinois. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with St. Louis, it's right on the river uh, across the, this, uh, uh, from Illinois. And there's some small little farming towns over there that uh, was a uh, home base for my grandparents and so we would go back for some family reunions and so forth and would go to those old Cardinal games, watch Ozzie Smith do that backflip at the shortstop. And that was one there, Jack Clark hit these uh, home runs. So a lot, I always grew up as a, as a Cardinal fan. It wasn't until I lived in St. Louis as an adult that I went to my first blues game, uh, you know, growing up in Charlotte, hockey just wasn't a huge uh, something that we followed, but it was still neat. And, and certainly the, the, I had a lot of Canadians in my class, so they were huge hockey fans and, yeah. uh, they kind of schooled us on what the hockey rules were, even though I probably can't explain them still today. I'm not sure everyone can. <laughs> <laughs> well, really I, I played, yeah. I played a lot of soccer, so I kind of understood the concept of offsides and some of that, uh, but at, at the same time, the, the hockey's t- totally different as far as how they sub in and out and everything else. Yeah, I, I grew up playing soccer my whole life, too, and we're really excited. We're getting a new soccer team next year. Uh, oh, really? MLS called City. And obviously with the World Cup that just recently happened and all the excitement surrounding that, everyone's pretty hyped about the new soccer team. Yeah, so Charlotte just had their first inaugural season um, uh, here uh, in, uh, in, in, in the Metro Charlotte region. And I got the chance to go to, uh, one game this year or one match and it was neat. It, it was really cool. We, we, uh, have quite a diverse, uh, population here in Charlotte. Now, um, a lot of Hispanic, uh, immigrants and, and migrants to the area. And so the game was very lively. I mean, it was the classic banging of the drums and chants and everything else that you see, in the big world stage of soccer matches, uh, or I guess football matches, but uh, it, w- it was definitely neat. It was, it was, it was a good experience. So when they come to town, I'm going to encourage you for sure to go check out the soccer match. If you've not been to one of those before. Definitely. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Well, let's do this, man. Let's, let's, uh, let's circle the wagon here about F3, uh, your origin story. So everyone has some context. I teased that you have an SLT role role, um, but just uh, back us up to that day. You learned about what F3 was, that first post, if you will. Um, how'd you learn about it? And then certainly why you got the name Beans. Sure. Well, my first post is somewhat unique because it, I wasn't actually eh to an F3 workout. I was eh to a retreat. Um, and as most people who are listening to this probably know the name GMO, and GMO is responsible in some way, shape, or form for probably about 80% of the people <laughs> that are in our region. He's had some impact and some influence on them in some way, shape, or form. But 
he had been trying to EH me to a, a retreat that our church held uh, each year. And he, year after year, would very politely and no pressure, just ask me to attend this retreat. And each year I would find a convenient excuse to avoid going to a retreat. And then ultimately um, the retreat was being put on by a bunch of buddies that I knew. I'm like, okay, if I'm ever going to go, this is the year to go. And so, of course, GMO was excited about the fact that I said yes to, to participate. And I showed up in one morning on the retreat and just uh, we might get into this a little bit later, but this was a pretty rough time of my life that uh, this is probably exactly what I needed at the time. And so one of the mornings, the the guys who were putting on the retreat, there was a couple F3 guys there. I didn't know that that's what that was, but they decided to do a workout in the morning and it just happened to be an F3 workout that they were doing. So at the retreat is where I attended my very first, I guess, black ops at the time, uh, F3 workout. And that's where I got the name beans and the beans comes from a lot of people, um, I guess, like me to tell some funny story about how I fart a lot or something, but uh, that's not the case. It comes from the fact that I'm in finance. And whenever I shared I was in finance, they equated it to a bean counter associated with beans. And I said, okay, my name's beans. Uh, and that was about four years ago. Got it. Well, that makes perfect sense. The, the nickname and, and to your point, yeah. When you first kind of look at the word or the name beans, you're, you're not sure what direction that was going in. And and a lot of times in true F3 fashion, you would think it would be something around that, like maybe you had a, a pretty flatulent uh, first workout or something. And uh, they just thought they would uh, name you that. Uh, so, yeah, I had the privilege of uh, I have the privilege of met GMO in person and, and he's previous guest on the show. And he was sharing some of this faith journey that he does on a, on a yearly basis and, and alluded to going on some retreats and stuff. So I'm assuming it was probably uh, one of those that that's what you were part of. Um, and that's cool that those guys chose to do an F3 workout kind of uh, off the books. Uh, now, did they have a shovel flag or how'd that work? I, did, I believe they did. And uh, then once you're uh, a retreatant, then they ask you to be on team. And so now I've been on team a couple times with the retreat and we've continued the tradition. And now there's more and more F3 guys that are showing up as retreatants and then wind up becoming on the team. So it's kind of a, been a pretty cool thing to see. Yeah. It's funny how it interwo interwoven like that, the, the, the more guys you attract and, and because, you know, let's just be honest, F3 serves a purpose and it, and it really helps men get what they need. Uh, and certainly in my opinion, and, and certainly in my case, was the only thing that provided that tool and answer for me in my life. I mean, I had the fitness part down previously to F3, but just that bigger than ourselves and the camaraderie and the, the brotherhood, that was something that was certainly missing in my life. I was certainly a sad clown that wow. uh, I didn't realize I need rescuing. And it sounds yeah. like you know, guys going on retreats are looking for answers and, 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 and improvement in their health and, and overall well-being. And I can see how an F3 workout would be a good EH uh, strategy <laughs> right. there. Uh, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah. So I know uh, that you're currently in a, a national leadership role. Were you ever locally a leader uh, F3 in the St. Louis region? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I did uh, a stint as a first FQ or not first FQ, uh, a site queue at one of the sites here locally. 
Um, quite frankly, it was in this period of time, it was shortly after I joined F3 and I was still in that rough patch and I probably should have said no. And I said, yes, and I, I didn't do that well of a job. Um, but I stuck with it and stayed around with F3 and then ultimately um, was asked to head up the grow rock that St. Louis was awarded in 2021. And uh, still, we, we still have the bragging rights for the most participants to start and finish a grow ruck. So we like holding on to that until it's going to be broken by our sister region, St. Charles next year when they have them, when they host it. Uh, but I did that and then moved into a position to lead up what was called the fire starters here locally. As our region began to grow and expand, it was really difficult for the SLT to get out and about and visit all the different locations and kind of have their finger on the pulse of what's going on here locally so we created this group of fire starters and the goal was for the fire starters to specifically rotate and travel to different AOs just to kind of get a sense of the pulse of the culture and what's going good and what may be some areas of improvement and bring anything up to the SLT that uh, might be worth um, them addressing rather than just some local leadership addressing. Uh, and then eventually rolled off of that to join the, the nation SLT. Yeah, so go into that detail. What what's your current role with the nation, and what does that, you know, what kind of responsibility are you are you holding with that? Sure. So it's the head of expansion, um, and I love when Doa always talks about the glory to work ratio, and he talks about how he gets a lot of glory, and there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of the work, and that's ultimately what happened with the grow ruck when we put it on. I, I got a lot of praise for a great grow ruck, but it was the team that did 99% of the heavy lifting. And that's what I wanted to implement when took over the expansion position was put a good team in place. Um, Dilly Dilly had been carrying a lot of the burden. Him and Bing together were tag teaming. And as these expansion requests just kept coming in and coming in, they were just piling and piling and piling up. And it was a lot for a couple people to burden. Uh, so what I wanted to do is try to get somebody in each sector to handle the expansion requests that come in for that designated sector. I've got an awesome team in place and they're doing 90% of the heavy lifting for the expansion requests that come in. And, uh, but I get the title of head of expansion, but they're doing a lot of the work. Yeah. So walk me through that process. Uh, I'm a man. I learn about F3. I, I go on the website. I notice that there's not an F3 in my vicinity that makes any sense for me to to travel to, uh, but I want to do F3 and I want to quote unquote expand. What, what, what does that process look like? And how, how does your team and you kind of help me through that process? Sure. So all, all the expansion requests from the website come directly to me. Uh, and that gives me the ability to identify, okay, is this a, a true expansion request or is it just someone seeking additional information? Um, so I try to handle what I can if it's not an expansion request. Um, but once I identify what sector it is, I pass that along to the, the expansion queue that's for that sector. And basically what they're doing is looking at the location of that expansion request and trying to identify what is surrounding it. Because even though there may not be something that on the map is in proximity, it doesn't necessarily mean there's not something in the works. Um, so they are commonly reaching out to the surrounding regions and Nantans, trying to catch up with them and find out what are your expansion plans? 
before someone's just goes start and planting the flag and then you're like oh well shoot i wish we would have known that um and we learned that lesson early on when i took over when you know someone was excited about planting a flag we're like yes let's go do it and they're like well we were just about to go there <laughs> they're like oh okay well that's a good lesson for us but uh, yeah, so coordinating with our surrounding regions and Nantans, that's a big part of it to make sure we're not stepping in anybody's toes. Plus, they're the ones that are most proximate to give this new region the best amount of support. Um, we, as a team, have tools and resources that we use to help provide as much support as we can from a distance. But that proximate support is there's nothing like it. And so if we can get those regions involved in the early uh, uh, request stage, just to make them aware of what's going on, not put the burden on them to launch it out, but at least create that awareness, there's a much higher probability that that new region has some success. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And when you're referring to the term sector, is it broken down the same as like sector Qs are broken down that GMO oversees? Yep. So GMO created a great model with the sectors and put sector queues in place. And now we have expansion queues that are working in conjunction with the sector queues, kind of as a mini SLT, if you will, for each sector. Um, and they're working hand in hand to help grow those respective sectors. Got it. Well, that makes perfect sense. And to your point, it is about the prox proximate that makes you know anything work. Uh, you know, a guy out on an island just getting Zoom calls or phone calls is, is not usually enough support to really kind of get it going and have guys that are relatively close by that can maybe even participate in, in some soft launches with actual workouts and cues and stuff like that. So you know, that's exciting. And hopefully, you know, we'll continue to break down the sectors as F3 continues to grow and grow and grow and grow to the point where more is needed to, to step up and, and be that support structure. There's no doubt. I mean, since I, I started in this role right around September 1st, and from that time, we've kept track of how many different requests have come in. There's been over 200 requests that have come in to the expansion channel um, from various parts of the country. Um, and of those, there's each each sector has multiple, multiple different requests that are coming in. And that's that's a lot to handle. I mean, since then, we've launched 37 new regions. We're about 296 regions in total. We're getting so close to that 300th region. I mean, there's just, it, the, the growth is exciting. Now, are you doing anything with the international expansion as well, or is that somebody else? So Chili Pepper is one of the expansion queues that focuses solely on the international expansion. And he's Got it. done a phenomenal job. I mean, talk about proximate. That's that's the most difficult. There's there's no way to be proximate with that. And he's figured out a formula to help support and love on these guys, to make them feel supported from afar, to go ahead and take the chance of planting that shovel flag and see how it goes. Yeah, oh, man. And it's so neat to watch these. Uh, I've seen a few of the posts from the Kenyan guys and then certainly England and some of these other, was it? I don't even know where all of them are anymore. I mean, I used to be able to, to just say, you know, one or two things, but I know it's continuing to expand, which is super exciting. Um, any breaking news as we speak? I mean, we're kind of going into the Christmas week as we record this. Do you know of anything brewing under the surface internationally that might we might want to look out for? There are some things brewing internationally, but the one thing that I think we're most excited about right now from the expansion is that, there is some activity in Alaska. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. And there's been three guys that have reached out that don't know each other that independently reached out and there's some activity generating in Alaska. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we possibly see our first flag planted in the frozen tundra of Alaska at some point in time. That would be, That'd really be cool. awesome, man. Yeah. Now are we in Hawaii yet? You're not, not yet. Okay. We'll have to work on that. I actually, yeah. I actually know somebody that uh, recently moved to Hawaii. So I'm going to have okay. to, um, I'm going to have to maybe go through my channels and, and see if we can't get a guy invigorated to right. uh, plant a flag out there for us. You're going to get them all colored at some point. That's for sure. Yeah, that, well, absolutely. That's inevitable. Yeah, uh, that's, sure. But you know, it's not a wet matter of if it's just, you know, flat out when, and, and I can see it happen in the next couple of years for sure. As far as that goes, well, man, good job on that. I know that's big shoes to fill. Cause I know that you took out, uh, over from being, uh, who was fantastic, uh, awesome. for the nation for, for many years. And we appreciate him stepping into that role and, and doing it. And certainly for you taking on the mantle and, and the innovations that you've personally put in there. So, uh, good work, man. Well, let's do this, uh, beans. Let's, uh, let's kind of con, you know, turn the light on you a little bit. That's what we're here to talk about is some of your health and wellness journey, uh, how F3 has played a part of that, some of the things that you've learned through this experience, some of the things that you want to share with the packs that has worked for you, some of the pitfalls to maybe avoid in the future. Uh, so as we get started with that, kind of paint us a picture of who you are. Uh, obviously, um, you, you live out in St. Louis region. How old are you? Are you married? 2.0s, that kind of stuff. Give us a context. So I, I'm 46 years old. I am not married. Uh, I have three kiddos um, who uh, they're 17, 14, and soon to be 11 here in a few weeks. Uh, and they keep me extremely busy. Um, part of the uh, my story is going back in time. Um, there was a lot of unhealthy habits that were created in my life that were coming from a place that could be steered towards good that ultimately wasn't always steered towards good eventually led to the demise of my marriage. And then that was about the time that I was like, okay, I need, I need to figure out something. And that's pretty much about the same time that I got introduced to F3 and, and the retreat and it all kind of came together at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> from the how, time, how I'll tall are you, how much you weigh all that stuff? Yeah. So that's exactly where I was going. So I'm five, eight, okay. 165. Um, and from the time I was a kid, I was always a smaller guy. And that was always something that uh, was an easy target for people to, to point to. And uh, what it did is it wound up creating a need inside me to feel like I had something to prove. I mean, I, I can even remember, this is how uh, much of a market made, but I can remember freshman year when you had to get your physical going into freshman year of high school and stepping on the scale and getting weighed in your height. And I was five one ninety one pounds uh, going into high school. So I was just I was a small kid. Um, I was a soccer player. So, you know, I'm playing soccer. Height isn't always the most important thing, um, but your, your pursuit of aggressiveness uh, can be. And, and that's where I steered my energy, feeling like I always had something to prove because I felt like I was already behind the eight ball with the, the size that I was given. Yeah. So played soccer in high school. Uh, what uh, did you play any other sports? Did you do anything from a health and wellness perspective uh, as your teenage years, college years, anything like that? Yeah. So, um, 
soccer was the main sport. Um, I played some baseball. I played golf. Um, I tried a lot of different things. Um, never tried my hand at basketball. I don't think that was the, the place that I was supposed to be. Um, but what I wound up doing was in, in high school, since I felt like uh, I had something I needed to prove, I wound up finding myself in the weight room. Uh, so I would lift weights and and go at it pretty aggressively uh, to try to, you know, ultimately what I realized is back then that there was this void that was it, it created when, you know, people were making comments about being small. I had this void that was was inside me. Um, and I, I, I guess I thought doing all of these other things, if I got strong or I got muscles, maybe that would make me feel complete. Or if I accomplished this or if I accomplished that, maybe that would and you would accomplish things and then it never felt fulfilled. So you'd look for the next thing. And that continued on into my mammon career. Uh, when I got out of college and went into work, it was trying to pursue this and trying to pursue that and trying to get this accolade and this achievement ultimately never feeling satisfied. Uh, and then, like I said, that ultimately led to the, to the demise of my relationship <clears throat> because I was focusing so many efforts in so many other areas other than the most important. Right? Yeah. The concentrica. It's amazing what we now know as F3 men who have kind of paid attention to, you know, some of the leadership uh, teaching and Q source and so forth. If we really look at that and apply it, it's amazing how uh, well it serves us if we're right. willing to do that, but it's not, you know, it's counter counterintuitive to, to, to the world and what, culture tells us to strive for and, and achieve. And, and I can certainly see your perspective of being that smaller kid. So I, I was blessed to grow really early. Um, and so I was kind of the tall, big kid early. Now everyone caught up with me and, and eventually passed me. But as a result of that, though, I didn't have to kind of face some of that. Now, my son's on the other spectrum, or my father was, and my son is, is, is following after him a little bit smaller, a little bit small frame. You can tell, and I can see it in my son, but, and, and just hearing stories from my father, you know, he was, um, he, he grew up with a lot of self-esteem issues as a result of that and just not quite fitting in. He had another issue too, is, is my grandfather moved them around a lot. So, I mean, never really got settled in a place and that could be difficult, especially if you're coming in as somebody with no confidence and, and trying to, to reestablish that. So I can understand, I guess, is what I'm saying. Some of the psyche of, of why, you know, you have this ambition to kind of prove others wrong and, and, and do what, what you need to do now from a health and fitness strategy prior to F3, I guess, when you were trying to strive in your business and you're having a family, were you doing anything that you would consider like a health and wellness uh, regimen? Uh, were you exercising, doing anything like that? I was, but I think it was more of a distraction than a, than a true pursuit of fitness. Um, I, I would go to the gym and most of the time when my kids were little, get them in bed, go to the gym around 9, 9.30, you know, work out till 10.30, 11 o'clock. Although that type of workout, it wasn't as intense because I went with a buddy and we'd chat for five minutes, then we'd do a set and chat for five minutes and then you'd get home and you're all wired and I'd stay up till one or two o'clock in the morning and then get up the next day and do it all over again. Um, and then I wound up finding myself in a situation where you know, I, I got up to a close to 190 pounds 
um, just because I was consuming too many beverages and eating not the right amount of food and sleep habits were terrible. And But yet I was still going to the gym and thinking I was making some sort of progress. And then eventually it's like, okay, I, I this is not a healthy path. So I decided to try to change some of those habits. And uh, it, it was difficult to break some of those those habits for sure. Yeah, it's easy to, to kind of go down the wrong path and stay on it. it. It's tough to kind of get back on the wagon, if you will, and and start to reverse the, some of those things. It's amazing when people, and if you're looking at just calories, and I'm not a big just watch calorie type of proponent, um, but it's amazing like if you've ever been on a treadmill or one of those things and, and you see how hard you have to work to like burn off like 300 calories and you're just like, oh my gosh, the thing I just ate is twice that. Right. I have to do this much. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like we always say, you can't out King or queen. You have right. to have a strategy around it. And, uh, uh, you know, we see that as an epidemic in our gyms today. I mean, people look the very same year after year doing the same old thing. And you're just like, at some point you got to realize that what you're doing, not making a difference. You got to have this transformation. So were you already seeing some benefits in health prior to F3? Like had you already switched uh, towards some, some better strategies or was F3 really that catalyst for you? Um, I think the biggest thing, uh, it didn't necessarily switch to some really healthy habits, but when I graduated college and was working and wasn't quite uh, married yet, was still going out with the guys quite often, still hitting the bars and having some cocktails and beers. And that really, really added up. And even though when uh, kids came along, that cut significantly, I think that was the piece that really led to my weight getting down into a more manageable level then it really was something that I was focused on, you know, progressing towards. Um, food has never really been a huge issue for me. Um, I, I can tend to control food pretty easily. It was always the, the beer that wound up uh, getting the best of me. And uh, that's whenever the scales usually tilted towards the, the top end of the range uh, when that got a little out of control. Yeah, no, I, it's amazing how much alcohol puts on uh, fat and, and just weight really. And if, if you're going out nightly drinking beer, for instance, I mean, that is a recipe for just weight gain. A lot of times when I coach guys that want to continue to utilize some alcohol, one of the things we really talk about is beer and beer consumption and that there's some better options. A, you shouldn't feel like you have to drink every night, but more importantly, if you are choosing some alcohol in your lifestyle, there are some better strategies around it because it's just empty calories, man. And, yeah. and I have some, some p pictures of myself uh, in college. That's just embarrassing to look at because of just how much weight I gained too, as well. And it wasn't muscle. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, right. was, it, it was the wrong stuff. And just cutting that out alone makes a huge difference. So yeah, the classic, uh, the family comes and you don't go party as much. So therefore, uh, it Kirk tells, but you know, unfortunately, uh, that doesn't mean you stop drinking. A lot of guys will just switch the six pack to the couch at the, at home and continue to consume the same amount of calories. And now they're just drinking alone and not with, with at least a socialization component to it. So, um, yeah, I, I can see how, uh, kids, uh, curtail some of that, uh, that party atmosphere, if you will. So, yeah, yeah, go it ahead. 
it did definitely curtail it, um, but there was still that emptiness that was inside that was still trying to find the right solution towards. So even though it curtailed it, it was like um, a pent up demand that, you know, each time maybe I would go out once a month and, and party as opposed to a couple times a week. But that one time a month really turned into a, a full blowout and, uh, you know, maybe led to some things that weren't so positive. Um, but again, just looking from the outside in, I, I looked much healthier than I did before, just from a physical appearance standpoint, because some of those pounds were shed, but on the inside, the health was definitely not there. Got it. So introduced to F3, went to the retreat, obviously that's a all encompassing, um, transition or transformation. Cause not only are you getting the F3 influence, but obviously the retreat was offering you, um, some spiritual guidance, I'm assuming, and, and some of that. So it's kind of a real refresh, if you will. So since then, now that you've been in F3, what is kind of your, uh, exercise strategy? Uh, how often are you posting in the gloom? What kind of things you, you know, you enjoy doing now? Yeah. So it was a big switch, uh, converting to, to the F3 workouts. Cause I was a night owl in the gym and I was like, what time do you guys work out? <laughs> okay. Five 30. Um, but the, the good news about the unhealthy nature of the feeling like you had something crude, it also created some, uh, characteristic traits inside me of when I had my mind fixed to something, then I was pretty successful at achieving it. Um, so if I made the switch mentally to say, okay, I'm going to get up at 5.30 and attend these workouts and see where it goes, um, it, it happened. And at first, when since I was still in some pretty dark times at the beginning phase of my F3 life, um, I didn't fully embrace everything that F3 had to offer. I was definitely using it more as a workout tool than the second and third F. And then eventually... Um, as I started to work on myself a little bit, I started to see the benefits of embracing the second and third F as well. And the whole world of F3 started to blossom for me. Yeah. So are you currently posting every day or do you go a couple of days a week? How, what does that look like? Uh, I'll usually go probably at least four or five times a week. Um, there is our shield lock started doing some weightlifting just to try to focus on some different type of strength training. So on Tuesday mornings, uh, we do weightlifting and don't do a traditional F3 workout. Um, but the rest of the times, it's either an F3 workout or doing some sort of workout with F3 guys um, five to six times a week. Yeah. So what was the importance to you and your shield lock to add weight training? I mean, was it just one of those things that you noticed strength going out? Was it a new goal influence? What, what's the mindset behind that? The mindset really just came, I mean, um, when just looking at all the different areas in which we're trying to achieve, and one of my areas of focus is on maximum performance and maximum just being what are you individually capable of? I, I truly believe that all of us, our brains try to stop us well before our bodies are capable of performing. And so we're very much focused on trying to figure out what is our each individual respective maximum performance. And in, in doing some reading and research about that, strength was a key component and a good solid foundation of which to grow from. And not that we don't get strength when we're out in the, in the gloom. You definitely are building strength. It's just a different type of strength that you get 
when you're inside uh, a gym lifting weights as opposed to the F3 bootcamp style workouts. Yeah, and have you found that this one day a week is adequate to achieve some of these goals, or is it this a stepping stone? Are you doing something else later in the week to to combat that or to combine with it? So we're um, we're we're together lifting the weights once a week, but independently we try to work in another uh, day a week to get that weight training as well. Um, we'll do the gloom a couple times a week. Uh, we have multiple different kinds of AOs. We have rucking AOs here in St. Louis. We have running AOs here in St. Louis. So we try to sprinkle in some beat downs, sprinkle in some running, sprinkle in some weight training to get that full, all-encompassing type um, total body. Got it. And then when you work out on your own, are you going to a gym or do you have weight equipment at home? What's your strategy? Yes, I have it at home. Um, we refer to it as the pain palace. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we, on, on Tuesday mornings, uh, uh, everyone comes over to Bean's house and, uh, we pound out some workouts down in the basement. And then on the days that we're not together and I try to sneak one in, um, uh, when I do have my kids, I'll try to, I got two older boys that are 17 and 14. I try to take them in there with me. And, uh, even my 11 year old daughter, she'll come in there with us and knock out a few reps as well, too. That's awesome. Well, I mean, that in that strategy, I mean, just in implementing 2.0 time is neat. You know, my son is, you know, like every teenage boy at some point starts to think about muscles and, and, and becoming quote, unquote, a stronger man or whatever. And uh, so it's been fun to watch him kind of incorporate some of that over the last couple of years myself, uh, you know, because I've also just always loved uh, uh, strength training. And I have shared before one of the things that I missed when I was just going to boot camps is some of that strength training implementation. Not that you can't do resistance training in OF3 workout. In fact, we have a guy here locally and uh, it was very famous early on. He would, that was kind of his business is he had like this mobile strength training trailer. And he would, when he was on cue, man, he'd just pull that thing up and pull out barbells and bands and ropes. Oh, and you're just like, it was like a full on workout circuit in the middle of the parking lot. I mean, it was fun. It was, but it was unique because it added a, 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 an angle of fitness that you're not going to get just with body weight exercises and, you know, a lot of the endurance stuff, which is important because to your point, you have to have that optimization kind of that well rounded. And I just found for me personally that I was, lacking in some of that. And so I think it kind of triggered for me last year, we went down to uh, Jacksonville. I went down with uh, Slaughter and Doa and Italian job and we're part of the Sandlot Jacks. And yeah. of course, when we're in our own echo chamber of F3, you compare, you know, you do some comparisons with each other because you're out in the gloom, you're doing your burpees and you're doing this and, and you're kind of measuring your self to, to that spectrum of athlete, if you will. Well, these guys are in a completely different, not the F3 Jacksonville guys. I mean, they, they were good too, but I'm talking about these elite athletes that showed up for this, what they called the, the, the uh, go ruck games. Um, just these guys were crazy physique and strength and stuff. And it was just like, okay, uh, there's some levels yeah. that maybe we're not quite reaching. And it's not for everybody. You know, right. the guy just getting started with fitness and the guy coming off the couch just 
getting out there in the gloom is a great way of starting and you can accelerate that and grow that and it works really well. But then there is another level that unfortunately I have yet to find the right F3 recipe exclusively to make it work um, without everyone investing in some kind of gear, uh, which, you know, the kettlebells or whatever is a good starting point. And we certainly have our uh, share of that here locally. And I'm sure you guys do as well, uh, which is helpful. But even then, um, to the point that you made earlier, most of us uh, allow our minds to tell us what our limitations are. And it's amazing how many guys show up with just kettlebells that I'm like, my little daughter can lift that thing. Um, you know, let's, let's push ourselves guys a little bit more here. Uh, but anyway, teach their own. I'm going to get yeah. off my soapbox for a minute. Well, that part of it that's led to some of this for us from our shield doc perspective is we read that book, The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. And I know uh, Doa had him on a podcast a, a year or so ago. Um, and uh, we ran across his book. And, you know, in The Comfort Crisis, one of the things it talks about is a masogi. And a masogi is defined by picking something at least once a year that you have a 50-50 chance of either completing or not completing. So it's got to be pretty hard. And then the rule number two, which is great, is don't die. <laughs> so as a shield lock, we've been trying to identify over the last few years, what are some of those Masogi things that we really can push ourselves towards to try to see if we can complete them to push that mind. Yeah. And I had the chance to meet uh, Mike uh, down at Sandlot Jacks. He was one of the speakers and I know that Doa had uh, had him on the podcast and that's an interesting um, exercise to, to go through just mentally to try to think of something or put yourself in a position where to your point, a 50, 50 chance of failure. Cause I think most of us, when we're looking at anything uh, in life, whether it's physical or mental or any aspect of our, of our life, we try to do something where we're hedging our bet pretty close to to success. I mean, we're pretty sure we're going to be successful at it. I mean, or we just don't attempt it. We just say, if I'm not 90% sure I'm going to make that, I'm not even going to try because the likelihood is, you know, I'm going to fail and fail hurts. And and these are the consequences, but just getting your mind around that 50, 50, you know, perspective is, is a mental exercise in and of itself it uh, really is. out there. Yeah. And here locally. And, and I know you're part of the SLT with Doa and he probably shared this maybe on a 43 feet podcast or just, in your own discussions here locally, they launched um, a, f- a few of those Masogi uh, challenge uh, opportunities where a guy was in charge of creating, it was under wraps and you kind of showed up and then there was a few things. And, and one of them was you had to carry your body weight uh, a mile and under so many, uh, you know, minutes and then, I've heard another one that had to do a bunch of stairs. I, I, I unfortunately have not done or completed one of the uh, organized one here locally for whatever reason. It was just always one of those things that uh, um, had a conflict or something for the day. So didn't get a chance to do it. But uh, I, I'd like to maybe just mentally think of a few things. So in your experience, uh, can you share an example or have you guys done one as a, a shield sure. bike? 
so we just, we've uh, done a couple different things. Some of us have had different conflicts and stuff that came up, so we weren't all able to participate in one fully. Um, but one that uh, still rings true in my mind is we signed up for the Jacksonville Star Course um, with Go Rock, and it's a it's a fifty mile rock, and you have twenty hours to complete it. And thinking Jacksonville in November, eh, it shouldn't be too bad. Well, the combination of it being about 40 degrees, raining pretty much 19 of the 20 hours, winding, um, it, it was it was pretty brutal conditions. And it was actually, I know you just talked to Rhonda. Um, Rhonda and I uh, wound up completing that, but we wound up completing it in 19 hours and 33 minutes. Um, and we also took a wrong turn where a 50 mile ruck turned into a 63 mile ruck. Um, but we were bound and determined to, to finish that darn thing. And it really, when you accomplish stuff like that, um, it helps you push your mind a little bit further. Like when you get into those moments and you're experiencing that pain cave, you're like, okay, I've been here before. I know that my mind's wanting me to quit, but I haven't quit before. Let's keep going. And so I think the more and more we can train ourselves to do those types of things, obviously not trying to injure ourselves or also paying attention to when your body is really telling you you should quit. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to know the difference. Um, but I think you, the more that you can put yourself in those situations, the the greater confidence you build in, in your abilities and can keep pushing that line. Yeah. And that's really why we sign up for these CSOPs and stuff, because it is through that adversity and pushing ourselves past that limit that we gain confidence, right? And we go, okay, I've been here before. I've, I've, I've felt this bad or hurt or whatever, mentally wanting to quit and then knowing that on the back end, because we, we quickly forget how bad it hurts when we're done, right? I mean, we, we, we suffer through this thing. We always have that moment. We talk about it because I've done these endurance runs and, um, and certainly the ones that require, you know, 24, 29 hours where you're sleep deprived and other things. And, and there's always a point in, in that, which you just, you're, you're questioning your sanity. You're going, I, a, I don't know why I'm doing this, but for sure, I'm never doing it again. And you always tell yourself that at some point. And then within three hours of being done, you're like, hey, you know what, uh, this is how I'm going to do it next time. I'm going to um, do it a little bit better. And it, it's just amazing because you gain that confidence of, of, of completion. Right. And, right. uh, you know, David Goggins talks about it a lot. And I think he's got a new book out that um, I haven't had a chance to read yet. But, uh, you know, just it, it's amazing what the mind is capable of doing when pushed towards the right thing. Uh, yeah. But it can be super convincing that uh, we're, we're, we're more fragile than than we really are. And right. um, so anyway, so you, you mentioned Shield Lock a lot. Sounds like you guys work out together pretty consistently i mean you guys posting together as well uh, on a consistent basis we do post together pretty regularly obviously there's conflicts here or there but um we try to before the night before say hey where do we want to go to and a lot of times we'll show up to the same we like to travel around to different aos i mean the st louis uh region that started as one region you know five years ago there's now eight regions here in st louis and there's close to 80 different AOs now. Um, the original St. Louis region that's um, stayed after all the star fishing has still about 17 AOs. 
Um, so we like to travel around and see some of the different regions, different AOs, but we'll coordinate, hey, should we go here? We like to look for VQ opportunities to go support a VQ, or maybe it's an anniversary of somebody who's been doing it for a year to go support those. Um, so we try to look for different opportunities to go support some guys and, and give them, show them some love. Well, that's unique, and and I'm sure there's guys here locally that do that. I, I I personally, and this may be a conversation I'll have with my shield lock, is we don't tend to um, uh, do our first F as off, you know, as coordinated. Yeah, we we obviously meet uh, on approximate and, and periodic basis, and um, you know, more of that second F, third F perspective. I mean, we talk about the first F, but as a group, we don't do it as often. Uh, what's been some of the advantage of doing that as a shield lock? I mean, do you feel like as a shield lock, you're just that much stronger? What What are some of the things that you've seen as a benefit of that? Well, I'm a, I'm a big believer now, maybe not uh, several years ago, but definitely a big believer now that shared suffering builds trust. And when you're out there together, with other men and you guys are suffering together and you complete something together that you all suffered through that builds some, some strong trust in each other. Um, and you see guys sometimes at their weakest moments and being there for them. And then knowing in turn that they'll be there for you in your weakest moments, those first F experiences tend to make our second F and our third F even that much stronger. And quite frankly, our shield lock probably was focused a little too much on the first F for a little while and maybe neglected the second and third F as much as, as we should. We still made time to meet, and uh, but the first F really was a lot of the focus. And then we're like, okay, how do we channel this same energy into some of those other categories and start sharing goals and doing the eight box and getting into, in, into depth about some real life topics too. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I love the, I mean, you're absolutely right with the shared suffering perspective and not that I have never worked out with my shield like, cause we do. And, and there was a time when before our quote unquote coffee time, we would all try to post at the same place prior to that, you know, kind of add that extra time in there. But, and, and, and it is though, I mean, it is that shared suffering in the gloom that really cements that bond and, Obviously, with any guy out there in F3 that you're constantly seeing in the in the gloom, you're building those relationships. And that's why F3 is unique is because you have that shared suffering and you uh, tear down those walls. And there's no and, – and, and one of the things I love about F3, too, is there's just no class of uh, economic uh, status. There's no what's your job or, or how important are you in quote-unquote society. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, the, the fact that a guy's out there, you know, attempting to be a better guy, uh, is garners so much respect that it's just, it's amazing. And, and, and it's really something special that we have, uh, in our organization. That, that's why I, the grow rucks are so amazing. That's why I totally believe in the grow ruck process because they've taken a, a first F event that has that suffering and combined it with the second and third and created a whole experience about what F3 is all about. And I mean, I've seen some phenomenal moments in the grow rucks that I've participated in 
And if, if anybody that's listening to this hasn't participated, if there's anything that I might suggest that you consider and consider it strongly, it's signing up for a grow rock some point next year. Yeah. You just can't emulate it any other, I mean, in another arena I've done go rocks, which are neat, but the grow rock experience is just that much better. I mean, it, it just really is. So if you're a rucker, and uh, you've done Go Rocks, and and again, not to say don't go do Go Rocks. I love the company, and Go Rock is an amazing company. But the the Grow Rock perspective that F three has really um, and continues to to to, to fine tune and master is is so amazing that uh, you really owe it to yourself and and really owe it to your region to to go or at least consider hosting one uh, in right. the future because it really does make a huge impact on you personally, your community. And of course, just that trickle down effect that we're all trying to, you know, have that uh, um, community impact, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Tell well, me a little about, yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, we just happened to have one coming to St. Charles yeah. here next April. So uh, uh, looking forward to that one. So that's our first commercial of uh, the F3 <laughs> Grow Rock uh, 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 plug. I know there's going to be some other ones. I don't know the schedule. So make sure you guys check that out. I know there's going to be some in the spring and sounds like St. Charles, which is basically St. Louis um, right. area. It'll be a good opportunity to go and be part of that. Well, I was going to kind of switch gears a little bit about your queen strategy. Um, now, um, do you have a specific queen strategy or what does that look like for you? So my specific queen strategy um, previously, and, I, and that's a focus for me in 2023 is to really fine tune that um, we're very blessed that locally we have some really good resources in some of our local packs who have a lot of knowledge. I'm, I'm sure you've heard the name honeypot and the guy is just full of information and willing to share it with anyone that's willing to listen. And it's amazing. But my previous uh, queen relationship was all about simplicity. Um, my life and my schedule is pretty busy and pretty hectic. And if I don't have some sort of structure to my queen, what winds up happening is I'll find something that's either convenient, which a lot of times isn't the best for you, or I'll just skip, which isn't always the best for you either. Um, so I have to have some sort of predetermined program and I've been searching different meal programs that, you know, all you have to do is pop it in the microwave and it's a nutritious meal that's all prepared and ready for you. That's what my queen philosophy has been a lot lately. And I'm starting to more and more explore the idea of the plant-based type program with that simplicity, um, just to give that a shot uh, and interjecting some intermittent fasting along with that. So that's the combination heading into 2023 is to try to move more plant-based, interject more intermittent fasting, and see what kind of impact that has on the body. Have you done intermittent fasting in the past? Have you? I, I have, just not on a consistent basis. Okay. Um, and, I, and I've done fasting maybe for you know a twenty-four hour period, one time a week, and then you know go back to the normal. Um, and I it, there's different pros and cons, and I've heard all sorts of different podcasts and read articles about all sorts of benefits here or there. Um, so I don't know what kind of impact it'll have on me, but I figure I'm going to give it a shot and see how I feel. And if not, try something different. Yeah. And that's, that's the important thing. I mean, and I've shared this before on previous episodes, uh, you know, it, it's a journey, right. And and you have to kind of 
dial in what works for you. And what I used to preach and coach and, and tell clients to do 10 years ago is a little bit different than what I do now. And not because I'm that much smarter, but just because I, I tried different things and, and found different uh, things that work for me and, and, and really more just trying to share authentically what is, is what I found to work. Uh, and, and it depends on your goals too, right? I mean, so some guys just, you know, maybe they have certain symptoms and, and things that really need to be addressed. And there might be some strategies that are better suited for that. And then there might be another person that has a certain physique in mind and they may have other goals or, or just their capability, uh, in lifestyle to adapt a certain way. I mean, if you, um, are in a family and you have kids and you have an M and you have, uh, or if you travel all the time and you're constantly entertaining guests, you know, there's just different parameters that sometimes make certain styles of dietary approach more difficult than others. And it's really kind of dialing in that in. And, and I know I sound like a broken record to, to people that listen to the show, uh, often, but I think what's most important regardless of what perspective you kind of go for, whether it's more plant-based or more animal-based or whatever that might be, it's really what we're avoiding uh, in our diet that really plays a big role. And we, we alluded to the beer earlier, but things like processed sugars and artificial colors and seed oils and things that we know are very inflammatory. When we cut those things out, regardless of kind of whether we're eating a lot more plants or a lot more meat, your body does really well avoiding those things and you're going to get benefits on both spectrum. And then it's about where in that um, continuum that you want to kind of be on that sliding scale. And I've recently shared uh, on some episodes that I'm higher in that carnivorous scale at this stage of my uh, a journey. And I've been trying that. And if you want to talk about simplicity, steak and eggs and eggs and steak. That's an easy diet. <laughs> you know? there you go. There's not a whole lot to think about. You just say, well, is it steak or eggs? Okay. If it's not, okay. I guess I don't eat it now. <laughs> and I'm not that, and, and I'm not that dogmatic, but, uh, it, that's just kind of, uh, the, the, the concept though, that I just don't overthink it and I avoid the things that I know I shouldn't be eating. And then I allow some of those other, uh, quote unquote, healthier choices to, to, to rise to the top. And, um, it, it's, it's, it's been fun and it's, uh, kind of experimental right now, uh, for my own journey, uh, yeah. with that. Um, but anyway, and, and I've heard the name honeypot before I've not had the opportunity to speak with him, but he's came up, uh, by several of your, uh, PAX members out there as, as a, a very influential and, and I, and I've said it in our previous episode, um, Honey Putt, love to have you on the show, man. I think we'd have a fun time talking and, and diving into some of your knowledge. Definitely, definitely. Well, good for you, man. So is there anything you're personally training for now? I mean, obviously you got some perspective of kind of gearing towards your queen and, and doing some things. Do you have the Grow Ruck coming up this spring? I'm assuming you're going to be a participant there in the St. Charles region. Definitely. But uh, is there anything else that you have personally coming up that's going to push your limits uh we're kind of banging that around right now and trying to figure out what is the Masogi for 2023 um we've got lots of different things on the table that we're exploring 
and you know keep pushing the limit a little bit to try to make the next one a little bit harder than the previous one um, but there's nothing specifically um, that we're working towards yet that that concept of the maximum performance and trying to figure out what we're all capable of and uh, the role that nutrition plays in that and each one of us are, are different and nutrition is different and plays a role differently for us um, but trying to figure out what that maximum performance is and from it, it, it's hard because it's it's more of a measuring and feel type thing so there's some things you can measure but then there's also how do you feel and uh, a lot of times that's more difficult to to put a numeric thing behind how you feel but yeah there will be something uh we just don't know exactly what it might be yet so got it all right well very cool and and that, that's great at least you're thinking about it you're putting it out there and um now do you guys choose an event that requires you to travel and do something really outside of the comfort zone? Or is it something you guys try to design there locally that you're going to do one Saturday morning, for instance? Most of it requires travel. So for this past year in 2022, uh, we decided to take on rim to rim to rim. And our goal was to try to complete that in 20 hours. So go from South rim to North rim and back to the South rim and that was a pretty. And when you say rim, you're talking of Grand Canyon, correct? Grand Canyon, yes, correct. Uh, and uh, that was a pretty intense, intense uh, experience, and um, we had a great time with it. But yeah, it's it's let's try to make it a destination where we get away, we go have some fun, we carve off one weekend during the year where we know we're really going to push our limits, see what we're capable of do it outside our normal environment. So it even adds another layer of maybe, you know, insecurity because it's not a familiar world uh, and just see what we do. So yeah, it's more of a, an event than it is just a, a random weekend. That's awesome, man. And I think there's a lot to be said about willingness to um, put that much planning into it and, and do something outside of, you know, just something that anybody can show up to around the corner. Um, that intentionality of it is, is really cool. And then doing it with, I'm assuming you do it with your shield lock or do you open it up to anybody? Yeah, we, we do it with our shield lock. Yeah. Very cool, man. Yeah. Well, beans brother, I could talk to you forever, man. I mean, it's, uh, I've enjoyed our conversation so far, but we are coming up on some time here and, Thanks. uh, and I, I know that you got some things to do, but, uh, I do have a couple final questions for you. Uh, sure. my first is this, uh, you've already, reveal a lot of great tips and some of the things that are working for you. But if you could give a guy three tips to, to get going on their own hunt for wellness, what would that three tips be? Mm, three tips. Well, I think the first one would just be to pick something and do it. I think sometimes we wind up finding ourselves caught up in, well, let's read this or think about this and try to craft the perfect master plan when in all reality, all you got to do is just pick something and go do it. Um, the doing aspect of it creates that inertia that keeps you going. And if we can just, whether it's something that you're struggling with from a queen's perspective, whether your first step isn't necessarily where you want it to be, um, whatever it might be, just pick something and do it. And then see how, it, how you feel about it, how, what the experience is like and then make modifications and changes as necessary. So I think that's the first thing is just the old Nike philosophy. Just do it, man. Um, the second one would be tying back to what I said earlier and just be totally conscious um, 
if people are readers, uh, I love reading. Just reading about the mind is just an amazing experience once you really kind of understand the inner workings of what's going on. And we have that little voice in our head that is constantly trying to protect us and keep us safe. Um, but it's also a lot of times that voice that's really preventing us from experiencing what we're truly capable of. And so sometimes it's okay to tell that voice, hey, thanks for looking out for me. I'm going to set you aside for a moment. I'm going to keep pursuing and see what happens. Maybe you'll be right and I'll find out the hard way, but maybe you'll be wrong and I'll be pleasantly surprised at what I'm, I'm able to experience. Um, so that would be the second one is keep pushing that line. Wherever you think it is, go beyond it and then set a new line and go beyond it. Um, but with the thought in mind, knowing that trying to set those lines, if you're trying to do that, you try to fill some void that's inside of you, it's not going to work. <laughs> fill that void first. Find a way to love yourself first, or no matter who you are, where you are in life. Um, and then when you set those lines, it's not trying to accomplish something to fill a void. It's trying to accomplish something just to see what you're capable of. Um, and then the third thing is, I, I just really found out how important nutrition really is. Um, as I've said, I, in, when I when I cut the beer out of the life and I was able to, you know, physically, from an appearance standpoint, look like I was healthier. I was really fooled that by what I was eating wasn't necessarily impacting the scale, but what really was going on inside the body and getting older and the joints starting not to feel as good and the swelling taking place and some of the impact that some of those choices, even though it may not appear on the outside that they're bad, nutrition plays a significant role in your ultimate performance. So pay attention to nutrition as well, too. Yeah, it'd be fun if we could just go exercise and negate everything else and we'd be this specimen of health, but it's just not not the reality that, right. exactly. that I always talk about food as fuel and yeah. the quality of that fuel really dictates the quality of the how our performance is. So great tips, brother. I appreciate that. Um, I do have one final question for you, but uh, before I ask it, just once again, I want to acknowledge you, say thank you once again for A, being on the show today, but most importantly, the impact that you're having in your region, uh, in your community, and then certainly in the nation's level now. Uh, we really appreciate you stepping up and allowing this thing that we both love uh, continue to expand to the far corners of this earth and, and hopefully unlock uh, many, many more men before the mission's over and, and really invigorate that community leadership. So I uh, appreciate that. If, well, if a man um, wanted to reach out to you, someone wanted to contact you, what are some easy ways for them to do that? Sure. Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me on. It's uh, I, I, I truly feel blessed and honored. Anytime asked me to do anything F3 related when Doa called and asked about the possibility of, it, serving on the nation SLT, it was just, it's just an absolute honor and a privilege to be able to do these types of things for all the men out there in F3. And I just, I just feel very blessed to, to be a part of it. Um, but as far as contacting me, my information is on Slack, um, but beans at F3nation.com is my email. Um, my cell phone is also on Slack. Uh, you can text me, reach me. Um, you can pretty much text me, call me email me. Uh, I'm pretty responsive uh, when it comes to trying to, you know, if someone's reaching out and want to have a conversation, I'm open and willing to have just about any conversation that anyone wants to have. Cause for so long, 
I kept so many things inside and did not open up to other men. And it wound up just uh, causing a disruption that was unwelcome. And now I see the benefit of allowing other people in, having those conversations. Doesn't necessarily have to be publicly. It can still be private, but have those conversations with somebody. I well appreciate that, man. So my last question is this, what is your definition of wellness? Golly. Well, that's a good one. You know, I think wellness starts with the inside. For me, it's been that experience of if, if you don't have a healthy relationship with who you are on the inside um, and something is incomplete, then it's going to be impossible to find something externally that makes that feel fulfilled. Um, when I was going through all my stuff and I wound up hiring a life coach and he wound up helping me walk through a lot of different things and taking a strong look in the mirror about who I was and the relationship that I had with drinking. And I wound up finding out that a lot of the external issues that I have were solely a function of the person on the inside, not being happy with, with who I was. Um, and maybe I wasn't the best representation externally, but on the inside, if you can be happy with who you are on the inside and don't need anything externally to fill that void, you're going to be amazed at what you're capable of. So I think my definition of wellness is being absolutely okay with the person who you are on the inside, but also being okay with the fact that you want that person to be something, someone different in the future, but still accepting who you are for who you are in the present. Thanks for listening to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation Slack at bones, or Twitter at HFW podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.